Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to what at my office and studio is a somewhat rainy early evening but uh we need uh, we need the rain so i'm happy to have it um welcome welcome to marty fisher's wing and clay nation i am marty fisher and um am really happy to be here and uh We've got a great, great show today. I have a, um, I have a gentleman that I actually had had this guy on uh, early in my, um, in my show career. You know, the first few shows that we did, uh, you know, back in early, early 2019. Uh, I'm going to have Wes Chester. Now, Wes, that's, you know, it sounds like a city or something, but uh, it's, <laughs> that's actually Wes has got a great name. It's a Wes Chester. Uh, Wes is a, a professional dog trainer. He uh, 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 represents one of our great show sponsors, Dogtra, and uh, Wes is, uh, has a company called uh, Shady Acres Retrievers. Now, we're going to talk today about puppies, how to pick a dog, how to get them started, uh, all the way you know, up into, into some of the advanced training uh, using those Dogtra products. I want to kind of showcase those a little bit and let you know about them, but um, before we do that, uh, I do want to say that, as always, our first segment is going to be brought to you by Crushable Vault. You know, for most of my adult life, I have been a traveling hunter. And for years, every time I put my guns in my truck, I was afraid that some petty thief might actually steal them. Fortunately, I discovered the Crushable Vault. That's a product that really put my mind at ease from the thought of having my guns taken out of my vehicles. The Crushable Vault is a product that looks like a nice piece of luggage, and it really does. But make no mistake, it's much, much more than that. Their patented products feature a cable locking system that will totally secure your firearms by connecting them to a secure point in the bed of your truck, the trunk of your car, the back of your car, or the back of your SUV. Check them out, and I can promise you, you'll have your freedom secured. CrushableVault.com. You see something you like there, and I bet you will. A little promo box there, a little code box at checkout. Just type my name, Marty, and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase immediately. Check them out, CrushableVault.com. Now, before I get Wes on, <clears throat> on the line, um, Let's talk a little bit about what's going on. Um, you know, it's pretty busy. We've got a couple of big shows going on right now. The Shot Show out in um, uh, Las Vegas was last week, and you know, there were a lot of rumblings about things that went on. But now we've rolled into the following week, and and the Safari Club show is ongoing as we speak up in Reno, Nevada, at the um, Sparks Convention Center, and uh, I'm getting all sorts of pictures and and posts and. Uh, messages from there, and uh, we'll have some things to talk about in the future uh, as it relates to the to the wing and clay shooting. Uh, the Great American Outdoor Show is also underway in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I um, I remember mentioning last week that they've got a six hundred and fifty thousand uh, square feet of 
of exhibit space there. And, uh, you know, you're going to walk many, many, many miles if you go and uh, and see all of the things that are at that show. But uh, it's one of the great ones, and it goes uh, all the way to February 9th. So if you're in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area, by all means, uh, you know, check out the Great American Outdoor Show. I think you'll be uh, you'll be pleasantly pleasantly surprised at what you see. Uh, you know, one other thing that uh, that's going on in the in Wing and Clay News. I mean, there are a couple of things actually, um, and I think I've alluded to this in the past, but I, I want everybody to be on the lookout for it. White Flyer Targets has a new target out called Blackout. You know, if you if you shot uh, clay pigeons and you shoot the biodegradable targets that so many different clubs are going to now, uh, when you break those targets, uh, it, it, the, the puff is white, you know, and that during the daytime, uh, you know, is not very impressive. And, and uh, you know, old time trap and skeet shooters really just like to, what they call smoke a target. And it's always with black smoke when the targets were made out of, of out of that petroleum and, and pitch. Uh, but the bios were have a different composition, and and when they explode or break, it's uh, it's white. Well, White Flyer came up with a way to make it black. So now you're going to get the same look with a bio target that you get with the petroleum pitch target. Uh, the only difference is the bio target is good for the environment, and uh, but you'll get to see that same uh, that same great picture of a of an exploding black puff of smoke. Uh, a couple of things are going on. Ducks Unlimited uh, has a new uh, well, I say a new. They they've been doing this for a while. Scholarship program uh, for two or for 2020. Uh, the deadline for entries uh, for that scholarship. I say that scholarship. They've got 61 scholarships as I as I look at my uh, at my notes here. Uh, 50 of them for $500 each. Uh, 10 conservation scholarships at $1,000 each, and one national scholarship of $10,000. I. You know, if uh, students can apply for those, um, as I say, the, um, the applications can be submitted until the end uh, uh, March first. So we've got a few weeks to go, and uh, you know, you, they they want you to provide their high school transcripts. Uh, you know, your 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 history of, of being a, a DU member or a volunteer, uh, list any service or academic awards that you've gotten up to three letters of recommendation highlighting you know, your DU involvement um, and then you'll have an essay uh, 500 words describe how his or her experiences have contributed to their understanding of the importance of wetlands and wetlands conservation now that that's a mouthful but I'll be honest with you that's not that easy or not that hard I mean it's actually pretty easy uh, you can check uh, check that program out at ducks.org. I would uh, I'd go look there. I mean, if you've got a, uh, a young person who's interested in, in maybe picking up some scholarship uh, money and and they've, they've got an interest in in uh, in the wetlands and uh, duck hunting and they're members of Ducks Unlimited and, and serve on a committee, I mean, you never know. You could very easily pick up a, a quick scholarship there, and that would be really, really nice. Um What's going on in the world of, of, of shooting? Well, we've got uh, a couple of things happening. When I say shooting, clay target shooting, the Kriegoff Classic Sporting Clays event was held last week down in South Florida. You know, Florida is wide open right now with all of the events going on. Uh, Derek Mine uh, won that Kriegoff Classic, uh, and, and I want people to pay attention because when you start hearing about the Olympics coming up in Japan, uh, there's a good chance. And um, 
uh, a real good chance that Derek Mine is going to be uh, one of our Olympic clay target shooting representatives on the Olympic team. I mean, this guy is is absolutely remarkable, and he shoots everything. That's a that's the beauty of um, of his game. You know, so many so many of our shooters they they. They focus on one event. Well, Derek shoots everything. He shoots sporting clays. He shoots, you know, international bunker. He shoots helice. He, he shoots all of it. And, um, you know, he uh, he walked away with this win. He, you know, a couple of years ago, he won a, a huge event over in uh, in Dubai um, where it was just gigantic money. And uh, so he can <clears throat> he can really perform when, when the time's right. Um Got some events coming up uh, right now. The Caribbean Classic is going on down uh, down in Vero Beach. Also, the World Super Sporting is going on out in Phoenix at uh, the Ben Avery uh, Shooting Complex. Uh, next week, the Gator Cup at Quail Creek Plantation down in Okeechobee. Uh, the 20th through the 24th of uh, February, the Ducks Unlimited Continental Shoot will be out at Clark County Shooting Park. That's always a, a wonderful uh, event. Uh, Clark County Shooting Park is in Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, who doesn't like to go to Las Vegas? And then um, uh, at the end of the month, uh, the 27th of February through March 3rd, the Seminole Cup is taking place down in South Georgia at the Broadfield Sea Island Sporting Club. And all of those events are going to be absolutely phenomenal, and uh, they're they're just going to be terrific. Uh, make no mistake. Um, you know, here's the, here's the deal, guys. Um, let's see what I lost my train of thought here <clears throat> for just a second. Um, the sporting class is really taking off. Youth shooting is really, really taking off, and. When I say youth shooting, we've got an event coming up here near home. Uh, I have mentioned over the last uh, two, three weeks uh, about the uh, uh, Georgia Southern University uh, program and, you know, that I'm going to be coaching. And uh, we get to debut that team this weekend. Um, The ACUI Lower East regional championships being held at Forest City Gun Club here in Savannah. Um, and they've got 338 people that will be there. 26 universities. And I'm talking about, you know, some of the name universities around the country. And this is something that I really want people to think about because the youth shooting in this country is really taking off and it, it, it is going to be the future. Make no mistake, it's going to be the future of shooting. And right now, there are more young people shooting clay targets, and hopefully they'll many of them will become hunters and get those hunter numbers back up, but more people shooting clay pigeons now than ever in history. And um, that being the case, we, um, we really and truly uh, need to pay attention to this. So 26 universities... Uh, just to name a few that are coming, and you'll love this. Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Tennessee, uh, Shriner University, uh, last year's national champion, is coming from Austin, Texas. Uh, their uh, University of Missouri is bringing in a team. Uh, they've actually got, uh, got a, a, a team coming from 
Alaska, if you can believe that. So, you know, it's a, this is this is pretty big. I mean, they've got 338 shooters, and and I really and truly um, want to want to make sure that we make this happen. So, uh, uh, we'll be reporting on what what goes on, and uh, I can promise you, it's going to be a great, great, great time. But. We are up on a network break, and then I'm going to get Westchester here on the line, and we're going to have a nice long conversation. So, folks, stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back, and I am glad to be back. Um, You know, if you are a social media guy like I have had to be, I don't like to be that, but I've had to be that because uh, that seems to be how everyone is doing their communicating these days. By all means, we'd like to invite you to what we do social media-wise here at Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Uh, Our website, wingandclayradio.com. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. On Twitter, it's twitter.com slash wingclaynation. And on Instagram, instagram.com 
slash Wing and Clay Radio. Uh, those uh, different sites will get you right into where we can communicate. You can post pictures. We'll post pictures, uh, stories, all sorts of things. We'd love for you to be involved. So by all means, uh, don't hesitate to be a part of what we do on social media. Uh, I'm getting ready to bring my buddy Wes Chester in. And, and before I do that, I'll, I want to thank somebody that that he and I both absolutely love. And, you know, if you're listening to this show, there's a pretty good chance that you've got a hunting dog. If so, I want you to remember this name, Dogtra. That's D-O-G-T-R-A, Dogtra. You know, for 30 years, Dogtra has been setting the standard for e-collar training technology, which allows you to unleash your dog's potential. So whether you've got a retriever, a pointer, a flushing dog, a tracker, or you've got one that puts a raccoon up a tree, Dogtra has just the right product to help your dog be the very best that he can be. So visit Dogtra.com to see all of the exciting dog training tools that Dogtra has on the market. That's Dogtra.com. And with that, I want to welcome my good buddy, Wes Chester, back to Wing and Clay Nation Radio. Wes, how's the weather over there, buddy? It's raining at my house, and you only live about 50 miles from me, so uh, how does it look? Marty, I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting to go into a basketball game, and it is very <laughs> dark. <laughs> it's very dark. Oh, and my God. It's, uh, well, it's this... rained a little off and on. It hasn't rained a lot yet, but when it's on, it's raining hard. Yeah, and, it, well, we've got, uh, you know, there's some bad weather all over, and, <clears> um, uh, you know, I'm afraid that uh, if we're not careful, this is going to mess up my turkey season again. Uh, last year, <laughs> uh, my, I have, I have <clears throat> my hunting club has 400 acres in the Savannah River Swamp, which is absolutely turkey heaven, and last year for six months, the Savannah River was flooded, and we could not hunt one inch of that property. And right now, it's flooded again. And uh, with all of the rain that's uh, that's coming, and what they're getting north of us, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to look look very good for the future. But hey, Wes, welcome back, buddy. Um, <clears throat> uh, just before we really get going, tell 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 everybody a little bit about Wes, so that, that you know, kind of an introduction, so that they'll get to know who you are. And then we're going to jump right into talking about uh, about puppies and training and finished dogs and all sorts of things. Marty, um, I'm a professional trainer out of Statesboro, Georgia. We own and operate Shady Acres Retrievers. Um, we do everything from obedience to finish gun dogs to AKC and HRC hunt test dogs, and we really enjoy it. I tell you, we've had so many requests being back here in southeast Georgia that we've just now started uh, pointing dogs again, and mm-hmm. we're excited about that, and we're getting set up, ready to go. We've got some English setters and some pointers in the kennel now, and uh, and we're looking forward to it. Well, you know, I, you, you know, you're an avid hunter. You're not. We we've been to Canada together. We we we've hunted. Um, you know, you play you played a little football at uh, at Georgia Southern University, where you know where I went to college. And uh, how how in the world did you get started training dogs, Marty? You know, I guess kind of like most people, out of necessity, you wind up where you are. Uh, I was in the construction industry selling construction equipment back when the uh, recession hit and if nobody's building houses and landscaping not many people are buying construction equipment 
So I walked in one day and, and uh, told my wife, I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to start training dogs. And she broke down and started crying. And she said, my gosh, we're going to starve to death. <laughs> and luckily we haven't starved yet and we've done real well at it. And, uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, it's often said that, you know, if you love your job, you never work a day in your life. And that's what it's turned into for us. We have met so, so many good, good people and friends and got to travel all over the country with these dogs. And, uh, that's kind of how we got started. And, and mm-hmm. people ask me now, and I tell them, you know, if I knew way back then what I knew now, I would have been training dogs forever. People love their dogs, and, and we love their dogs, and they love to see them become part of their family, and they love to see them compete, and it's just a lot of fun. Well, it is a lot of fun, and I've, <clears throat> I've been very fortunate. I've had some really, really nice dogs in my lifetime, and um you know, and they've all been retrievers. I mean, just because I'm a, you know, I'm a guy that I hunt doves, I hunt ducks. I mean, I, I hunt things that have to be retrieved. You know, more than anything else. Now, I don't get me wrong. I quail hunt, I pheasant hunt, but I'm 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 usually walking behind somebody else's dogs that take care of that business. But you know, all 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 animals, uh, you know, have the ability. To, to be trained to be the type of 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 not only pet but also almost and I don't want to use the word you know working machine but boy I'll tell you when you get a really well trained dog he almost is a machine they, they are uh, Marty one of the one of the things that I hate to hear people say is you know my dog's dumb he won't do anything and my comeback to that usually is your dog will do what you expect him to do you know, he's just like my kids. My kids do what they're expected to do. And if you take the time and you teach the dog and you reward good behavior, then then anybody can have a nice dog. Well, and that and that is, I mean, that is such a good point because you know I I can't tell you how many primarily dove hunts because that's that's where you'll have a lot of people that'll show up and and every you know uh, not everybody but half of them you know show up with with their own personal dog and you know some of them do what they're supposed to do they're very obedient they're steady to steady to the shot and and uh, and and get their job done and and other ones you know get yelled at and screamed at and call all sorts of crazy names and and um you know and then then the guy walks up to me and says well i've just got a meat dog and i said well you know you had to walk out there with your dog to pick up the bird why even have the dog i mean and i hate to say that that's a terrible that's a terrible thought but it's the truth. I mean, the dog is only going to do what he's he's been, well, I won't say trained to do, but trained is probably the proper word. I mean, they have a, you know, they have that inbred ability to, to want to retrieve or want to point or whatever it is. And, and, you know, you've got to get that out of them. And uh, once you so, get it out of them, boy, you've got something. You're absolutely correct. I mean, there's nothing aggravating more to me than go to a dove hut. And it's early season. The dog's probably been laying on the couch all summer long. Mm-hmm. Um, they've strapped that e-collar on his neck, and the dog has no clue what that means. Um, the first guy across the field shoots down a bird, and his dog, and the, the guy on the other side of the field, his dog takes off after him. And he stands up, and he's yelling at him, and, 
he's cussing at him, and the dog has no idea what the guy wants him to do. He just saw a bird fall, and he's going to get it, even though it's not his bird. Mm-hmm. And the guy just starts mashing the button on the e-collar, and now the dog's squalling, and he, he don't have a clue what's going on. It's just very aggravating um, to me to see a dog who probably has a ton of potential that the owner either did not know how to bring out of him or has just let him get away with everything that he wants to get away with. And now he's just become, he's now the dog wagging the tail and the owner has no way of controlling that. Mm-hmm. And that that's disappointing for everybody on the hunt. You can ruin a hunt really quick and not necessarily always at a duck field. I've, I've seen it in a duck blind and that can be a really dangerous situation or in a goose pit. You know, the dog mm-hmm. break when the birds start to sit in the decoys and, Four people stand up with shotguns and start shooting, and a dog's headed to the middle of the decoys. That's a very, very dangerous situation for a dog. Well, it, it certainly is. Well, I'll tell you what let's do. <clears throat> we painted that picture. Let's regress. <laughs> Let, let's let's go back to the start because, you know, everybody, you know, not say everybody, almost everybody, uh, their dog, when, when they first get them, is a little puppy. So let's talk about that just a little bit. I mean, how how do how do we get things going? I mean, I I've been I've been through it with you know with my dogs and I and and I I I know what I was told and, and how I did it, but you know I'm not the expert here. So if somebody says, okay, Wes, we're we're gonna we're gonna go buy a dog. Let's walk through the process. One, how do you how do you pick a breed? How do you pick a puppy? You know, those couple of things, what are, what are the important things that people need to know about which breed and which pup based on pedigree and all of that kind of stuff? Which, 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 which way should they go? Marty, gosh, that's such a great, great question. Um, with social media today, I mean, everything's out there for you. I mean, all the information you could ever need and want is out there at your fingertips good and bad. Mm -hmm. What we've started seeing, and I really want to warn against this, is I just saw last week someone advertising a litter, and I can't even tell you what they called them, but they crossed a German shirt hair pointer and a Labrador retriever. And they were were selling those for a high price because they're designer dogs. Um, But they said, you get the best of both worlds. Well, Ugh. my my reply to that was, you know what? There's already a dog out there that's the best of both worlds. You know, if you've ever heard of a, a German Drastar, mm-hmm. I mean, those things can, as a matter of fact, a good friend of mine named Kevin Shellnut, who lives up in Monroe, Georgia, he posted pictures the last weekend of the season where they would leave the truck, they would go to the duck blind, they would kill a limit of mallards, and on the way back to the truck, his dog pointed two coveys of quail and got up two pheasants. So not only did they have a limit of ducks, they also had some quail and a pheasant mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. with it. That dog is a versatile hunting dog. He does it all. If you're a duck hunter, if you're just a duck hunter, why would you get a German short hair pointer? He's an upland uh, dog. Yeah, right. Will some of those dogs retrieve? Yes, they will. But that's not what they were bred to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of... I, I, I ask people, you know, think about what you're going to do. Are you going to primarily be a dove hunter and a duck hunter? Great. 
there's several breeds. You could get a lap, you could get a boykin, you could get a golden. I mean, those, those work great. Are you going to be a quail hunter? Okay. Do you want a flushing dog or do you want a pointing dog? And you can pick those breeds based on what you need as a hunter. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you know, once you pick that breed and then you find a breeder. And I encourage people to talk to these breeders. Make sure they're doing the breeding for the right reason. Are they, are they trying to improve the breed? You know, what attributes did the male dog and the female have that you're trying to improve the breed with? Ask questions. Go look at them. But then the most important thing you ask me, and I get this question all the time, is how do I pick a puppy? And, Marty, the short answer is I do not pick puppies. I've got two puppies right now in my kennel that belong to me that I just bought, and they're 10 and a half weeks old. And when I chose the litter that I wanted the puppy from, I had the litter owner sit down with me, and I told him what I was looking for. Uh-huh. He spends every day with those puppies. He can choose the puppy for me. I can't, it's hard for me to go there and in 30 or 45 minutes choose a puppy on what I see in 30 or 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. When he's been with them for eight weeks, and he can choose well, the and, puppy for me. And, yeah, and if you see them every day, you know, the, because, you know, I mean, let's face it, dogs are, you know, come from the from from the, the wolf family, you know, and, and there is a pecking order in those litters. I mean, you can you can actually watch all of those dogs in that litter, and and each one of them is, is going to have its own personality. Some of them are going to be more dominant than others. And you just have to decide, you know, which way do you go there? And, boy, that's a, that's a tough call. You know, some people just say, reach down and pick one. Some people say, okay, whichever one comes to me first. Some people pay, say, which one wants to retrieve first. Some people say, which one is, you know, is, you know, is, is the boss dog. And then, like Wes says, and I think that's smart, let the guy that sees them every day make that choice. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. And you know that that sometimes that can't happen. And I understand that you have to go and pick a puppy. And I've decided before I got there whether I want a male or a female. If I want a female, then I put all the males away and I have the females out and I watch them. If there's one or two that are shy and they kind of hang back, maybe I put them up too. I know maybe that's not the ones that I want. And then I make a decision based on that dog's attitude. Is he bold? Is he, is he the alpha dog? You know, so there, there are different ways you can look at it and, and choose good dogs. <clears throat> but again, I also believe the most important time in that dog's life. And I would hope that with, with the information that's out there today, that these breeders are not letting these dogs go until they're eight weeks old. Because there's mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot they can learn in that litter between six and eight weeks. We used to say six weeks. Now we say eight. But the most important time in that dog's life is between the time he is eight weeks old and he goes home from that litter and he's six months old. Mm-hmm. That <clears> well, I'm going to tell you what. Crucial time. Man, I want to I want to talk about that. I'm going to take a real quick break here. Uh, that I'm that I'm going to do. I'm going to do this uh, do this in show. And uh, you know, this segment of the show is brought to you by. Negrini cases. You know, the recreational shooting season is upon us. And for many, that means you're going to be traveling to shoot. 
Most of us use the gun case, the gun case that our favorite shotgun came in. But, you know, that it's really not a case for heavy travel, and you sure as heck don't want to see that case being put on and off of airplanes. I've, I've had some horror stories with that. Uh, and that's where the Greeny cases really shine. You know, for more than 35 years, they've been building the lightest and strongest TSA and international airline-approved gun cases on the market today. They look great. They feature super strong double wall protection, and they are really lightweight to boot. Check out Negrini Cases at negrinicases.com. You're absolutely going to love what you see. If you find something you like, $200 purchase will get you a Negrini waterproof shot shell case, and Negrini will pay for the shipping. Just type in my name in the little promo box, put in Marty, and you'll get that case on the way in addition to the product that you buy. Negrinicases.com. Give them a look. Now, Wes... You're absolutely right, and this is an important part of this show because, boy, this is some this is some real information coming here, folks. When you get the puppy, okay, you know the trainers are not going to want that puppy till they get around six months of age because that that's just the ne- that's the progression. What do owners do with those dogs, Wes, from the time they pick them up at at say eight weeks until that six month time? Well, what are the biggest things is socialization you know I, I encourage people to take those dogs with them wherever they can go Lowe's Home Depot um, you know tractor supply I do discourage taking those puppies to pet smart to the dog park I mean those puppies are still young their their immunity system is immature and you don't know who is in there with puppies that are not vaccinated, especially at dog parks. But mm-hmm. socialization is, is huge. Um, you can start teaching that dog, you know, right then with treats, how to sit, you know, how to, how to come when he's called, those kind of things. And by all means, you know, introduce that puppy to birds so that he, he, he's growing up with the love of birds we get a ton of dogs um that are six months old and we'll ask the owners when they bring them to us well you know how does he retrieve well i don't know i haven't done any retrieving with him does he like birds i we haven't had any birds for so it's crucial that you get those dogs even as puppies i mean at eight ten weeks old i've got a video where my nine week old i put him in the duck pen and he ran down a full-grown mallard drake, and now it's like crack cocaine to him. He can't walk by a feather where he don't have to stop and, you know, pick that thing up. And he will love birds the rest of his life. Um, So socialization, introduction to birds. Um, When we let these puppies out first thing in the morning, we take a walk down to the pond. We let them snip around. We let them play around. We let them walk into the edge of the water. We never force them in the water. We let them go in the water at their own pace. Um, We walk through the woods. We just want them to see and experience everything so that they become good, socialized animals when it comes time to train. Uh Well, now, do they do, you know, do they do anything that, 
they would have to scold the dog for, you know, because one one thing you got to be really careful of is, you know, is, is coming down too hard on a little puppy because I, you know, it's been my experience that no matter what, those dogs don't ever forget anything. It, it's always in the back of their mind if they've had some traumatic experience. So if if they're not doing what you want them to do, how far can you go with with any little pressure like you would flap in the hand of a child or something like that? Well, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with, especially little puppies who like to bite. I mean, that's just, that's just the way God made them. That's what they do with each other in the litter is they rumble and tumble and and bite and play. But they have to learn that you know they don't do that to us. And a little pop on the nose and a, and a sharp no and a redirect, maybe give them a toy or throw them something for them to go retrieve is fine. I don't have an issue with that. Or a dog that's trying to get in the trash can. You know, a, a, a swift no and pull mm-hmm. the dog away and, and redirect it somewhere else. I think that's fine, but you're exactly right. I mean, coming down too hard on that dog and scaring him and having him, you know, be a, be afraid of your voice or, or you as a person um, can be detrimental. Well, and, it, and it's detrimental for life. That's the that's the problem. That's I mean, that's, it's it's that's, um, <clears throat> correct. I can. I'll give you a very quick story, and we we got about a minute here before we're going to take another break. Uh, I had a young man who wanted to introduce his dog to water. Well, we first thing we did was we went up, put him in the boat, and he took a little boat ride. And when he was coming back in with the dog, you know, as as a lot of of, of dogs will do, the dog you know likes to likes to have that wind in his nose and his ears blown back, and he, he comes riding up to the boat landing. And of all things, it's a concrete boat landing, and the thing hits that concrete and stops short and flipped the little dog out into the water, and he landed on the, his head on the concrete under the water. You cannot imagine how long it took to get that dog to even go close to water. Well, that's correct. Never forgot well, he it. He remembers that. No, you right. never forgot it. It was it was crazy. And uh, yeah, now now we're gonna we're gonna take a break, Wes, and when we come back. I want to talk a little bit about uh, about about you know when you get the dog at that point you know we start doing the real training and that's that's where the dog trip products come in and where the e collars and how to introduce those those dogs correctly to the, to you know, to the e collar stimulation and things of that nature and uh, we want to talk a lot about that probably almost the balance of the show we'll we'll get into all of that type of stuff so folks stay tuned west chester and i will be right back with some seriously good information after these messages Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And welcome back. And hey, you know, if, uh, if you are a podcast listener, I know you can't listen to every one of my shows live. You know, we, we uh, this show airs every Thursday, live at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, but I know you can't make every one of those. Well, we're on 24-7, on demand on the internet. Uh, You can uh, find us at uh, voiceamerica.com, or you can go to wingandclayradio.com, and uh, there are links to to get each and every show that we have done. And uh, also, if you're a podcast listener, iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify and iHeartRadio all carry the show. Just uh, go to go to your favorite podcast site and put in Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation, and you'll have access to every show. Uh, getting ready to get back to Wes Chester. You know, I mentioned that, that Wes and I had had done some hunting together, and and let me say this. You know, when we 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 hunted, we had a bunch of guys kind of you know side by side, and it and it can get pretty loud. You know, when all those geese came in. So, you know, whether you're a new shooter, a seasoned hunter, or a clay target fanatic, I want you to consider doing what I do. Protect your hearing with ESP. That's Electronic Shooters Protection. You know, these custom-molded digital plugs oh yeah, allow you to do a number of things, like carry on a normal, normal conversation, increase the frequency to hear birds and animals at distance while you're hunting, and then have all sounds 90 decibels or above muted to protect your hearing when the guns start going off. You know, I've been using ESP exclusively for more than two decades, and I encourage you to give them a look. Go to www.espamerica.com, and you can protect your hearing for the rest of your life. Now, let me get back to Wes, and Wes, we, uh, we've, we've talked about uh, picking a puppy. We talked about uh, uh, what the owner should do before the, the, the dog goes off to a trainer, and now we're at the point where, uh, you know, where, where it gets real, man. I mean, you know, uh, uh, that dog, uh, he's going to school, and, uh, and going to school is, go- is going to be an eye-opener for, uh, for a lot of these dogs. So uh, let's, let's kind of walk through the process a little bit, and, uh, and I know that you are a <clears throat> trainer who uses uh, the e-collar technology from Dogtra. And, uh, you know, I want people to understand, you know, how does that process work? Because a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, you know, you, you know, you're shocking the dog to death. And that's just not the case at all. So walk us through the process a little bit, if you will. Marty, the first thing I want people to know and the most important thing that I want people to know is we don't teach 
anything with an e-collar. An e-collar is not a teaching tool. It is a reinforcing tool. Mm -hmm. So the dog comes to us, and they usually come to us around six months, like you said. At six months, the dog usually has all his adult teeth. So then his mouth is not sore anymore. He can do his retrieving. We can move it to force beds. But the first thing we do is we start his obedience training. And we teach the dog everything he needs to know, hear, heal, and sit with a pinch collar. That's our first form of pressure is a pinch collar. Mm -hmm. Once the dog is good, those three commands on a pinch collar, then we introduce the e-collar at a very, very low stimulation rate, and we reinforce the sit, the hear, and the heel with the e-collar so that the dog now has two forms of pressure that we've taught him, which is this pinch collar and the Mm e-collar. Now, an e-collar is not meant to be a harsh training tool. Um, There's different stimulations, and we use those different stimulations in different situations. There's also two ways to apply an e-collar, and one is with a quick nick, which the dog gets a quick stimulation and it goes away, or a continuous, which means the dog gets continuous pressure until the right um, command until he performs that command correctly and the stimulation goes away. Uh Um, You know, there's different levels on that collar. And I tell people that they ask, that's one of the questions they ask. The first thing I do is I make them hold the collar and I give the stimulation to the owner so he can feel what the dog's feeling. And literally the dog, the, the owner usually can't feel that collar until we get up into a two medium or a two high. They never feel a one, and that's a lot of times the area that we use on those dogs. But again, I've had a Boykin Spaniel that took a four or a five, and then I had a big chocolate lab that if you hit him any higher than a one, he would squall like a baby. Mm -hmm. So each dog's, the stimulation that it takes for each dog is different, and it's up to you as an owner or a trainer to find what works best for you. If the stimulation is too low, the dog not doesn't understand. If the stimulation is too high, the dog gets nervous and he can't concentrate on what he's being asked to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we, I'm, we, yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. And and you know and 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 what we're talking about here is nothing different than than what people do with their own children. I mean, to be well, honest with you, if you've got a guy, that, you know, you tell the kid don't do this, and he reaches out, you're gonna just slap him across the hand a little bit and say, now wait a minute. And that's pretty much what you're doing with the with the uh, with the dogs and the e-collar well it, I, the, the, I have one story that I, I like to tell people and you know they ask about the different levels of stimulation and i say okay so i walk them through the house at night and here's my nine-year-old sitting in the middle of the living room floor watching tv he's just gotten out of the shower his wet towels on the floor and he's sitting there watching tv and i walk by and i tell him hey colby Get your towel off the floor. Well, that's a level of pressure. Mm -hmm. It's low, but that's a level of pressure. So five minutes later, I walk through there, and Colby's still sitting there. His wet towel still on the floor. I turn the pressure up just a little bit, and I say, Colby, don't make me ask you again. Get that towel up. So I've turned that pressure up on him just a little bit. 
five minutes later, I walk through there, and here's Colby still watching his TV show with his wet towel on the floor. And I walk over, and I smack him on the butt. Colby jumps up, grabs his towel, and goes and puts it away. Well, guess what? Next time that I see Colby in there with that towel on the floor, all I have to say is, Colby, get your towel up. And he jumps up and puts his towel away. Mm-hmm. So I've increased, the, I've increased the pressure on him and got the desired response that I need. But I don't have to stay at that high pressure forever. I can, he, he understands now. Oh, daddy means business. Right. So I need to get up and do what I'm told to do and everything's okay. Well, and I and I know when I was helping, you know, train my dogs, you know, I had a professional trainer locally and I could I could get to him and we'll talk about that too in a minute because I know you absolutely welcome your owners to to come be a part of the process. But, you know, the thing that I learned about about the training, it, you know, was uh, you know, it, there's a progression. You know, there's 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 pressure, release pressure and praise. And the dog you know, starts to understand, and like you said, just like Colby, he starts to understand, you know, hey, this guy means business. If I just do it right, everything's great. That's and that's correct. that's that's what we're looking for. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the, and again, the e collar just reinforces what the dog knows. You know, if I'm if I've got a if I've got a dead duck out there at, you know, two hundred yards and I'm sending the dog on a blind retreat and he gets offline, and I blow that whistle and ask him to stop. And he kind of stops, and he turns around a little bit, but he's not really turned around. I can still reach out there and nick him with that collar, and he goes, oh, yeah, I better sit back down and listen and watch. And then I can give him the desired cast to get him to the bird, and we can pick up that bird and get back. Um, so it's kind of an extension of your hand. So that you well, can reach out and touch that dog. And with these dogs or collars, I mean, we don't use them that way in the uh, retriever world. But like the 1900S or that Dogtra Edge RT, I mean, mm-hmm. those things have three-quarter to a mile range on them. The coon wow. hunting guys, man, they love those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would they're think just so. an extension of your hand. I mean, a big extension of your hand. And that dog learns over time that he must do what he does when he's sitting right beside you. He must also do that when he's out there in the field at 50, 100, 200 yards away. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I've got one more little quick thing that I want to say to you that we want to elaborate on if we're getting close to the end of the show. And I'm going to, I'm going to do that right after I do this. And Hey guys, most of the hunting seasons are coming to a close. But that's not the case at Etowah Valley Game Preserve. They're just getting started. With a season that runs till the end of March, there's plenty of time to book your exciting upland bird hunt. Etowah Valley Game Preserve is located in Dawsonville, Georgia. That's about an hour north and a little bit east of Atlanta. So check out their popular clays and feathers package where you can shoot 50 sporting clays targets in the morning have lunch with your guide before heading out to the field in search of your choice of quail, pheasant, and or chucker. And the best news of all, and Wes would like to hear this because he's doing some training, the best news of all, you are welcome to hunt behind your own dog if you want to. Now, that's that's real, and not a lot of places allow you to do that. Check them out, etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. 
and book your hunt of a lifetime. Wes, I'm going to get back to you. You know, one of the th- we've got a few minutes left. One of the things that um, that I that I do know with with dog trainers is they're not going to ask a dog to do something that the dog hasn't been introduced to. I mean, you just you know because you, you surely can't go out and punish a dog for something that that he he doesn't know anything about. No, that's exactly right, Marty. We teach, 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 teach. Um, yeah, a lot of people get into the mode where they they really want to see their dogs perform at a high level and they ask them to do things that the dog's really not capable of doing. And just like humans, dogs, you build confidence in humans and we build confidence in our kids and in our coworkers and in our employees. And we have to do the same thing with dogs. We build confidence and we start small and we gradually increase as that dog's confidence increases. You know, we don't go out and throw a, throw a mark for a dog 300 yards in the water. A 300-yard swim, that takes a very, very, very confident dog to swim mm-hmm. that kind of distances. We start short. And as we as that dog grows older, and then we build those confidence. So, you know, it, it just takes a, it takes a good dog. Well, it does. And that, you know, and that goes back to what you said at the very start of, of, of our conversation together when we started talking about these guys that are yelling and screaming at their dogs out in the dove field. And you, and you know why? Because they're asking them to do something that they haven't been introduced to. That's correct. That is correct. And that, that, is, that is where a really good training program comes in because you know there's nothing better than to see a dog and and his owner or handler working as a team together i mean that is a beautiful beautiful sight believe me well marty you brought that up and and i'm going to encourage people i don't care what kind of dog it is that you're having trained i don't care what kind of discipline is area you're having it trained in take the time to go and work with your trainer and work with your dogs. You don't know how many times we train a dog and have that dog doing incredible good work, and then the owner just come in and take him home, and he has no idea how the dog works. No, well, you got to train the trainer. Exactly. I mean, you got to train the owner because he has to know what language. You know, hey, we're down to about a minute, Wes. I mean, I I, I hate to cut us short, but, uh, you know, it's great that you you're willing to work with the owner because they have to know the lingo too. So do me a favor. Absolutely. How do we get in touch with Westchester and Shady Acres Retrievers? Well, we are on Facebook at Shady Acres Retrievers. We are on Instagram at Shady Acres Retrievers, and right there on our Facebook page is our address and our phone number that'll come straight to my hip. Um, we welcome phone calls. We welcome questions. We do whatever we can to. Uh, to answer those questions for you. So stop by and see us or give us a call. And that'll do it. Wes, thank you so much. We are completely out of time, buddy. I can't thank you enough, folks. Get in touch with Wes. I promise you he will do a great job with your dog. We will see you next week on Wing Inclination Radio. Have fun, shoot well, and take somebody hunting and show them the time of their life. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.